G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am back from my trip overseas and we are talking about week 11, the uh, biggest winners, losers, future dynasty stars, must roster players. Let's go! talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. And he's going to go. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Hurry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. It's the journey. Mamba out. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. I need to uh, make sure I say that right because I have actually changed it. It used to be Ball Boys NBA. Now on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Uh, the reason that I've changed that is because uh, soon, uh, as early as tomorrow by the time, or maybe it's already up by the time you listen to this podcast, we will be starting to not only cover fantasy basketball, NBA fantasy, but we will also be launching a new fantasy AFL or an AFL fantasy uh, podcast and YouTube channel. So um, I will leave a link down to um, to that YouTube channel if you're look, uh, watching over on YouTube. If you're on the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there'll be a link to the, uh, the audio version as well. So uh, make sure you guys go and check that one out if you are an AFL fantasy player or if you want to just give it a go and, and uh, you want to Come along for the ride and and sort of give it a give it a crack because it's it's very different to fantasy basketball if you've never played before. But I think it is a lot of fun and it does uh, fill those gaps between the NBA seasons very very nicely. They kind of perfectly uh, don't overlap very much uh, as the seasons go along. So head over to Ball Boys AFL Fantasy on YouTube to check it out. Subscribe. We will likely have a couple of episodes coming out this week, and then we're aiming to do about three a week for the preseason, and then uh, see how we go. So. Um, Otherwise, I'm back, obviously. Uh, welcome back myself, I guess. I've been overseas for the last month, traveling across Europe. Um, missed, uh, I will admit, I have missed a lot of basketball. Um, shout out to the European time zone. It is not a great uh, time zone to be watching uh, NBA games, uh, at least if you don't want to be getting up crazy early or staying up crazy late and when I was, you know, I was there for a holiday so I was doing lots of different activities, skiing, paragliding, uh, lots of hiking, all this sorts of stuff, uh, running around, seeing uh, sightseeing and that sort of stuff as well. So I did need my beauty sleep so I will admit that I haven't caught as many NBA games as I would have liked. However, uh, very much back into it now. Um, so hopefully... Now we'll get back into it, and I have no more holidays planned uh, for the rest of the NBA season, so you are stuck with me until the end of the fantasy uh, basketball playoffs, at least, and, uh, well, into the AFL season if you choose to join me over there. But enough waffling on. Let's get stuck into our weekly recap of the week that just was. Week 11, a crazy week in the NBA. Obviously, we had Christmas, New Year's, all this sort of stuff, so schedule was a bit all over the place. Um, but let's start with uh, the uh, sweet, sweet fantasy basketball. Award. Now, this one, uh, uh, this week, is probably one of the biggest we've had of the season. In fact, it might be one of the biggest weeks we've had, maybe ever, in terms of fantasy basketball. Um, the award this week goes to Luca 
Doncic. And um, wow, he has been an absolute monster this past week. Three games, but on those three games, he is averaging 48.7 points, 13 rebounds, 10.7 assists, uh, four threes, 2.3 steals, 1.3 blocks. He's shooting 61.7% from the field. The only negative really here is that he's shooting 61.7% from the free throw line. Sorry, that's 69.4% from the free throw line. He is still, he's only averaging, he had two turnovers, uh, or averaged two turnovers this week as well. So all positives except for that free throw percentage. Um, a lot of people out there maybe pushed out. I think a, a few people out there in the preseason pushed against the fact that he is a punt free throw guy. I have always considered him a punt free throw player. Uh, on the season, he's actually regressed from last year, shooting 73.5% from the line. But everything else is basically up this season. He is... He's just absolutely lighting it up. I tweeted out the other day, he's obviously getting a lot of headlines, that 60-point, triple-double, 20 rebounds, all that sort of stuff. Now, I have my own thoughts about rebounds and how valuable they are as an actual stats that people use to justify MVPs. We talk about triple-doubles all the time, but the fact that he is shooting 51.1% from the field, he's lowered his turnovers, are the biggest things for me that, in terms of his real-life value, his biggest case for the MVP, I think that those two things are the most important Impressive thing, I think, about Luka Doncic's season. The other thing from fantasy point of view is uh, 1.7 steals on the season is huge as well. 1.2 was what he averaged last year, which in itself was higher than the uh, the year before. He, he's normally around that one steal per game. Um, so to go up to 1.7 is big time. Can he keep it up? Not sure, but it definitely looks like he is, um, you know, getting a bit more steals out there. He's playing a couple of more minutes, 36.9 minutes per game. They really, really need him. He's the absolute driving force for this team. Um, that's nothing new, but uh, yeah, just an absolute animal. Luka Doncic, he's the number one player if you are punting free throw percentage and uh, give a half waiting to turnovers, edging out Anthony Davis on a per-game basis, and obviously with Davis's injury, which we'll talk about in a second, he is the number one, in my opinion, the number one fantasy player in the right build. So I think that, I think I had him at number five on my preseason rankings. I was tossing up whether or not to flip him and Kevin Durant, but went with Kevin Durant as a bit more of a, I mean, again, it depends on what you want to do. I was fine with taking him around that four or five spot. If you did, I think you'd be very, obviously, you'd be very, very happy. Um, and yeah, he's just an absolute animal. And uh, there's not much more I, I can say about Luca that hasn't probably already been said. But if you had him this week, chances are you won uh, your weekly matchup if you're in a head-to-head league. Let me know down below who had Luka Doncic this week, or on, on your team at all, really. And... Uh, well, if anyone's out there that lost with Luka Doncic, uh, I pull one out for you, but um, I'm expecting a lot of you guys who had Luka on your team came out with a victory this past week. On to the not-so-good uh, award for the day. La, 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 yes, the fantasy loser of the week this week goes to uh, my fellow Aussie Ben Simmons, Um just, yeah, not a good week. 308th ranked player this week, um, averaging uh, on three games, 5.3 points, 5.7 rebounds, four assists, a steal, 0.3 blocks, 47% from the uh, field and 0% from the free throw line. I think he hasn't hit a free throw since, uh, it's been a long time. When was the last time he hit a free throw? Oh, damn. It's the uh, last time that Ben Simmons hit a free throw was the 25th of November. Wow, that's... um. 
that's very uh, impressive for the wrong reason. But anyway, you, we obviously are punting free throw percentage with uh, Ben Simmons. But obviously, five points, five rebounds, four assists is not going to be getting it done. I think he had a game in there the last uh, the last game. I think it was against Charlotte that he was sick. He only played 19 minutes. Um, but in saying that, the games before that weren't too great either. Again, we do need to preface Ben Simmons' stat lines that we weren't ever expecting threes. We weren't ever expecting good points, although I, I'd hoped for more than, than what we are getting, and we weren't expecting good free throw percentage. He is still averaging on the season. He is still averaging, as I pull up his averages here, uh, 5.8 assists, 1.3 steals, 60% from the field. Uh, 6.6 rebounds is down a little bit more than I would have liked it to be, uh, probably due to the 27 minutes a night that he is playing. Uh, but in terms of what you drafted him for, those are the things that you were hoping to get from him. And he is providing those for you. The eight points and the lower attempts from the field, which further diminishes his field goal percentage impact, is what you know, lowering his value at the moment. But I still think that in the right build, he is someone that is of a good value. And I'm not super concerned about Ben Simmons uh, moving forward long-term. The other good news is about that team is they're playing really well and they're playing well with Ben Simmons playing, you know, more minutes of late than the season numbers suggest on the, uh, the last... Um, Last little while, he's been averaging 26 minutes per night, and that is taken into account that game that he played only 19 because he was sick. So I don't think that this is something that we would expect from Ben Simmons moving forward. Uh, I would hope that he gets a bit more aggressive, although at this point, I think you just kind of have to accept the fact that he's going to be like an eight points per night kind of a guy. Um, but hopefully, the minutes can still steadily rise, and uh, he can continue to do basically what he has been doing, and uh, you have the team that needs what he brings um, to have him on your fantasy roster. But obviously not a good week this week. Uh, And let's move on to the final award. Uh, the final award is the Future Dynasty Star Award, and this week it is going to Emmanuel Quickly. Obviously, the big uh, reason for this is we've got Jalen Brunson, we've got uh, RJ Barrett out uh, the last few games, and he is taking full advantage quickly. Um, and he reminds me very much of another player that I really like, Bones Highland. But Quickly is a guy that I, I have always really liked. We've seen flashes of him putting up numbers in the past. The end of last season, he was putting up big numbers alongside uh, a few other Knicks that got an extended run uh, because of uh, injuries and things like that. But he is, again, taking advantage of that now. And I think that things are slowly starting to turn in his favor for Emmanuel Quickly, we have seen the um, demise of Evan Fournier. Uh, Tibbs is tightening up his rotation a lot. I think he's only playing nine guys regular rotation minutes at the moment. And Quickly is definitely the sixth man on this team. I think that even after those guys come back, Brunson and RJ Barrett come back, I still think that Emmanuel Quickly is going to be a guy that has earned himself minutes in the mid to high 20s and for for a player like quickly, I think that's enough. It's going to be up and down, um, especially this season. But I think that he is someone that we've seen the upside, the points, the threes, the assists are all very good. The free throw percentage is very nice as well. So he is someone that is, um, he has the permanent upside. And we know the Knicks, they're always tinkering and trying to get into the playoffs at all costs. They, they are a team that likes to make big splashes and things like that, or at least their fans do as well. Um, so 
even if he moves back to the bench, there is always a chance that he is someone that is involved in a trade or if, or if another player on this team is traded, forcing him into more minutes. Um, that is something that he will benefit from. The fact that these starters are playing so heavy uh, minutes loads also probably increases their uh, risk of injury. So I think that he is always someone that, especially in a dynasty league, He's, he's probably putting up numbers far exceeding what I would expect him to do in the future at the moment. But if we go the last two weeks at uh, when he's been averaging 33 minutes per game, 20 points, 3.43, 5 assists, 3.6 rebounds, a steal. He's shooting 85% from the free throw line. I think that that is something that we could expect. So he is someone that could potentially have some top 50 seasons in the NBA in his future. He is only... Uh, how old is... Uh, yeah, 23 and a half years old, so he's not 24 yet. He is someone that I am pretty high on, and I would be valuing him as a top top 80 kind of a dynasty asset um, with the ceiling of top 50, top maybe some top 40 seasons. Uh, probably top 50 is about as high as I would be willing to sort of put my name on, but it would not shock me if he if he does come out and, and have a top 40 season in his career. Uh, so I think that a top top 80 kind of a dynasty asset, I think is whereabouts I'd be valuing him. Some people might be thinking that his recent explosion is 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 just because of the injuries to some of these other guys, and, and perhaps that means in a weird kind of a way it's a, it's a buy low opportunity. I don't know if you're going to be able to execute a sell high. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to get a top 60, top 50 dynasty asset for Emmanuel quickly at the moment. So in my opinion, you just enjoy the ride if he is on your dynasty team. And if he's in on your redraft team, well, he should be a must-add player. I think he is rostered in a lot of leagues at the moment. I still think that even when those guys come back, you just hold on to him and see how it all plays out because I think we can expect more minutes for Emmanuel quickly moving forward. That is it for the uh, awards for this week. Let's move on to some hot topics slash breaking news. And there's a bit to go through. Obviously, I haven't been uh, recording podcasts for a little while, so I've got a bit to cover. Um, first of all, we're going to talk about Tyrese Maxey, who returned off the bench in the game, uh, I think it was yesterday. Now, he uh, by no means uh, set the world on fire. He, I, I do mention the fact that he did come off the bench. Um, this was something that was talked about when he was out and the play of D'Anthony Melton, who was um, killing it in his absence, even the regular NBA um, like media, I guess, uh, starting to notice, obviously, us fantasy uh, managers uh, all over D'Anthony Melton and know how good he is, but um, the general media are now starting to take note, so... There was a lot of talk, even when he was out, whether or not he's going to come off the bench, be be a bit more of a six-man, have a bit more freedom to take as many shots as he wants. I don't think that that's going to be something that they do uh, moving forward. I think this is just a getting his feet underneath him and, and, and sort of ramping up his minutes. But you guys know that I was never a big fan of Tyrese Maxey in the preseason for fantasy basketball. He's someone that's very empty with his stat lines. I mean, today, uh, or yesterday's game, nine points, one three, one rebound, one assist. Yes, it was in 19 minutes, but he is someone who struggles a lot to get those rebounds, get those assists, steals, and blocks, especially with James Harden in the team. Um, And I think that, 
look, he's back, but uh, I was always on the sideline or, or on the side of um, Tyrese Maxey being overvalued in fantasy basketball. And I think that so far that has been proven right. On the season, he's the 93rd ranked player. When he was getting drafted inside the top 60, close to that top 50 zone, I was definitely pushing back on that. I had him more in the 80s to 90s kind of range. And, and that's uh, so far at least where he is at the moment. So I would expect him to get his minutes back recapture uh, that starting role. Uh, but again, I, I see him more of a top 100, top 90, top 80 guy at best, uh, not the top 60, top 50 player that maybe some were hoping him to be, especially with a player like James Harden, who's playing really well right now, uh, dominating the ball and uh, just limiting in those other stats. He really relies on efficiency and scoring uh, to provide his value. Uh, the next uh, bit of uh, news is the Anthony Davis... Update, uh, we got a couple days ago, apparently he's, um, in quotes, trending in the right direction, according to the coach. Um, the more interesting thing, I think, was the the quotes and the interview Anthony Davis gave himself. Uh, he was speaking to um, some media members about... Um, uh, talking uh, talking to different doctors. I think he said he'd seen five different um, professionals, doctors, um, about uh, different opinions and, and what the, the rehab process is going to be. He mentioned that potentially surgery was on the cards, but wanting to avoid surgery. He doesn't like surgery, so if he can avoid it, um, then then he wants to do so. This From the very beginning, this has been a very, very strangely reported injury. Um, it's officially a stress injury. Injury, I think, is is the the term that they're using. I tweeted a quite a while ago, saying that I did not think that this was good news. A lot of people sort of saw it as a positive news that it wasn't confirmed a fracture. The the way it's been reported is so strange that they still have not confirmed or denied whether there is a stress fracture or or the severity of the stress injury. Um, a stress injury does not eliminate the possibility of a stress fracture. It is an umbrella term um, that is used for uh, multiple different injuries, and that can, you know, encompass lots of different severities and rehab times. So, at least that's what we call it here in Australia. It might be different in the states, and this is where a little bit of uh, my knowledge, um, you know, I work in the rehab industry, but again, the terminology and the reporting is different in in America to here. But it's just, it's been something that has never felt and never sat good for me. I've actually been trying to trade Anthony Davis in one of my leagues and I've had him uh, for players inside the top 40, top 30, because I am very concerned that he potentially could miss a large chunk of the season, if not the rest of the season, or at least the fantasy season, because uh, he used the S word, the surgery word. And we've seen players like Cade Cunningham, just go weeks when they consider their options and they consider what's best for them, they still can ultimately come back to that surgery route. And if Anthony Davis was to go down that pathway, that is him done for the season, I believe. It's a foot. He's a big man. He's had a history of injuries in the past. Um, and stress injuries are nothing to be... Nothing to take lightly. And I think that even if when he does come back, he will be eased back very, very... Um, Strictly, uh, he's obviously very important for their franchise. They're not going anywhere either. As much as the Lakers fans and and, and I guess big NBA media would love them to be, um, the team's just not good. They're they're not good enough to make the playoffs. The West is deep, um, and and even with a, Anthony, a healthy Anthony Davis, they they were questionable to make the play in tournament as it was. 
um, with this injury and the slow ramp-up time. I, I just don't see them making any noise in the playoffs. So this position that they're in, I think, does push him to go more that conservative route like Katie Cunningham did with his injury um, and, and not for that surgery. I think, personally, it would be the... Again, I'm not in those conversations, but if it is a stress fracture or, or something close to that, that sort of uh, severity... I would definitely be thinking that would be the best thing for him long-term because there's nothing really to play for this season uh, for the Lakers, in my opinion. So I am still very worried about Anthony Davis. I'm still trying to trade him. uh, And if this news of him uh, trending in the right direction to return to basketball activities is enough for you to get that trade off with one of your league mates, I probably would be doing it. And I'd be looking for a top 40 player uh, in return at this stage, um, maybe even a top 50 if I was really struggling and uh, outside the playoffs in my fantasy league. But yeah, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult one for me to get a grips on because the reporting is so strange, but I am, I colored me concerned for Anthony Davis still. Um, the last injury news that we're going to cover here is for the Knicks, the Jalen Brunson, as we mentioned before, talking about uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, he is day-to-day, I guess, at the moment, um, and RJ Barrett is likely re- to return sometime this week. They said he was going to miss a week a few days ago with his finger injury, so... I would hazard a guess they'd probably be returning around a similar time. Um, but like I said, with those guys in terms of Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Quinton Grimes, I think especially, uh, is probably going to start regardless. Uh, those guys you definitely hold on to and add and, and, and wait until those guys come back. You don't just drop them immediately because I think they can still hold value uh, and maybe you know maybe another injury is just around the corner. So I think that for those guys who are better thing, um, Emmanuel Quickly especially, you, you don't drop him as soon as those guys do come back. Uh couple of guys pushing into larger minutes roles. Um, the first guy here is Daniel Gafford, has been starting the last seven games uh, for the Wizards, and they are doing well with him in the starting lineup. They've won six of their last seven games, which is something I you know, didn't think I'd speak too much about uh, the Wizards winning um, as, as it looked like the start of the season, but it is seeming to work for them. Daniel Gafford is always someone that we know is a good permanent producer and those classic big man stats. Uh, field goal percentage, rebounds, blocks especially. So I do think that he is someone that if you haven't already, he is a must-add player and um, just see how long they go with this. But I think that it's going to be something they stick with for a while because it's working. Um, it, they were struggling before, um, but they've won a lot of their games and a few of them have been blowouts as well. Um, so I think that what he's doing has the potential to be sustainable and you don't want to leave something like that on your waiver wire. So the last two weeks since that starting um, game, uh, starting spot has been his. He's the 84th ranked player. He's the 45th in the last week in the in four games. And what he's averaging is pretty sustainable. 12.5 points, uh, 6.5 rebounds, 2.3 blocks. He's shooting 78.6% from the field, which obviously... We know he's a good field goal percentage guy, but maybe he's closer to high 60s, 70%, not 78. So that might drop down a little bit. Um, so for me, yeah, he has potential to be a top 70 guy if he is getting the uh, sort of 26 to 28 minutes a night, which is what he has sort of been doing. Actually, he's only been doing that in 24 minutes a night. Um, so that actually has potential to be even higher. And I think that he is someone who, yeah, I would put him very high on the priority list of adding if you need what he brings, and that's the rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks. Uh, The other guys who have been uh, a few blocks guys 
have been moving up. So Mark Williams in Charlotte and Walker Kessler in Utah. Now, uh, Mark Williams has won the backup role, uh, there, uh, the center backup role for Charlotte, it appears. Finally, I mean, I don't know why we've waited this long. I would have started him. In, I actually would have started him over someone like a, a, a Plumley. Just because it was pretty clear with this team, there was a lot of turmoil in the offseason. They weren't really going anywhere. You had the injury to Tillman Ball. Just play Mark Williams, man. Like, he's like, what are we doing with Plumley? What are we trying to do? We're trying to win games to get to the 10th seed in the play in, get knocked out before you even get to the playoffs. I just don't get it. Play Mark Williams. You drafted him. You traded picks because you were happy with him as your draftee. So uh, I think there is still potential for that to happen, especially with where the Hornets are. So even if he's not starting right now, I think there is a huge likelihood that he is going to start at some point this season. And the fact that he is getting minutes consistently as the backup center now, he is a bit of a stashy kind of a guy. And again, he only provides classic big man stats. So if you're punting blocks or punting field goal percentage, he's probably not that valuable to you. But he is someone that if you have a bit of buffer room, if you're at the top of your standings, I would very much say that he's pretty much... Uh, I wouldn't say he's a must-add because, again, there's a few different things that uh, maybe I wouldn't add him. But if you if that is your team and you, you are looking for blocks, looking for field goal percentage or rebounds, and you can afford to ride the bumps a little bit at the moment, then I think Mark Williams makes sense to go and grab right now. And uh, hopefully this switch happens sooner rather than later. And then Walker Kessler has been getting more minutes recently over Jared Vanderbilt. He is um, playing well. Again, very similar to Mark Williams. They're almost identical in terms of stat sets. Uh, maybe Walker uh, Kessler has a higher ceiling uh, fantasy-wise uh, if they played equal minutes. Um, and I think that he is someone that you definitely... He's probably got more value right now than a Mark Williams, but I don't know if his ceiling and potential is as high because I think that... I, I'm more confident in Mark Williams becoming the out-and-out starting center... 28, 30 minutes a night than I am with Walker Kessler, especially with how Utah are playing and, and where they are in the standings. If they were tanking like we all thought they would be, then maybe a different story. And there still is potential for that to happen. Lots can change between now and the end of the season. But uh, I think priority for right now production would be Walker Kessler. For future, if you can afford to stash a little bit now, Mark Williams would be my pick there. So that's how I'm seeing that at the moment. But I think both are pretty similar in value. So if you missed out on one, I would definitely go and grab the other one if you uh, if you can. Although I think a lot of them are getting picked up at the moment. So, But double check your waiver wire and see if they are there. All right, let's go on to the waiver wire. Speaking of waiver wire, and I've got a few must-add players. We've talked about a few of them already. Must-adds, I've got Walker Kessler. I have him in the must-add um, list and not uh, Mark Williams just because he is a bit more immediate production. The minutes are higher and more secure, more consistent. So he, to me, is a must-add. But again, keep in mind, I don't know if the upside is quite as high as a Mark Williams, but uh, the patience is not as required for him. Quinton Grimes, I think, is a must-add player, playing really well. He's not the most fantasy-friendly, so his upside, I don't think, is super high, but he's starting, he's playing well, and I think he's doing enough to be a 12-team league guy, so I think he's a must-add. Uh, Manuel Quickly, uh, obviously, is a must-add. Um, if you haven't had him already, what are you doing? Wake up. But I also want to preface and emphasize the fact that he is not someone you drop when those guys do come back, at least not right away. He might get there, but I would wait and see. Um, Daniel Gafford is a must-add player. Player. Onyeka Okongwu is a must-add player whilst Clint Capella is out. So it's a short-term one there. And also Jalen Williams. I didn't mention this in the uh, breaking news, but obviously the injury to Alexei Pokusevsky, I think 
helps Williams the most. I think that he is someone that we've always been keeping an eye on. There was potential there, but I think it's really starting to come along now. So I would be grabbing him now and making sure that he is on my roster um, when it comes time to fantasy playoffs because like we know with rookies, when it comes to that post-All-Star break, they often take off and do a lot better. And a team like OKC, who are going to be playing their young guys down the stretch, he is someone that is doing enough now. He's the 51st player of the last week, 89th of the last two weeks uh, in totals, uh, around top 100 on a per-game basis. So for me, that's definitely good enough to be holding on to my team right now with even further upside in the future. So I think that Jalen Williams is a really good grab right now and uh, someone who is probably available in too many leagues, 67% on the advanced ownership, according to Basketball Monsters. So he is available in a lot of your leagues, so I would be checking to make sure that he is. Uh, you are the team that goes and grabs him because uh, I think that we're going to see some good stat lines from him moving forward. Um, the maybe ads, the guys that you could add if it fits your build and it fits what you're looking for. Dante DiVincenzo is someone who is a short-term guy right now. The reason he is in the maybe ads and not the must-roster players or must-add guys is because of that short-term nature of his value. Uh, Wiggins is obviously out. Um and obviously Steph is out at the moment as well. He's a big steals guy. He can hit threes. He can get a trickle of assists. So he's valuable for certain things if you're looking for that, but he's not for everybody. So for me, he's a guy that you can look at as a stream kind of short-term option at the moment, uh, and then perhaps he's someone you drop later on. So for me, he's a maybe add. Uh, Jeremy Sohan is a guy that I nearly put in the must-add players, but I'm just going to pump the brakes a little bit. He might be there next week. Let's Let's... Have a look and see how he goes. So if you can afford to take a gamble, a lot of those must-add guys are gone in your league, but Sohan is available. I would be grabbing him and just sort of seeing how it goes. He's just playing much better recently. He's um, obviously a lot of been a lot of talk has been about his free throws form and that sort of stuff, but he is someone who has an intriguing fantasy stat set with some rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. I don't know if he's ever going to be a big scorer, especially not this season. He's had a couple of games, 20 points his last game, 16, so 23 points before that as well, a couple, couple of, a few games ago. So I, I wouldn't expect that moving forward, but the minutes are up higher, which is very good sign. And uh, he's just a, a unique kind of a player, and I think that he's kind of like that mystery box that I would just be scooping up and sort of seeing what happens from here. I still think it's going to be fairly inconsistent. I don't think it's going to be smooth, and and all right, now he's just figured it out, and he's going to be a great performer every night by no means. But I think that he is someone that I I would be definitely labeling as a speculative to very solid ad at this point. He is 81% uh, rostered, uh, according to Basketball Monster, as the uh, the advanced ownership numbers suggest. So um, more than some of those other guys, but he's still available in a lot of leagues. So I would be scooping him up if you can afford some ups and downs. And then Mark Williams is the other guy I've got here. We've talked about him already. And uh, to finish off today, talking about some players that you can drop. These guys are owned or rostered in too many leagues, in my opinions. KCP, I've spoken to him about him before. He's just super, super replaceable. He doesn't do anything especially good. He's just okay across the board, efficient enough, doesn't turn it over enough, uh, hits some threes. He's just okay. A little bit of steals in there. I think you're better off streaming him in most scenarios. If you're in a deeper league, like... Oh, 
14, 16 teams, then you probably need what he does as a bit more of a just a consistent guy that he might be a part of your starting lineup. But in 12s and 10s, I think you can do much better than, than KCP in just streaming that position and attacking matchups and attacking um, good... Uh, uh, streaming days and those kind of things. So for me, he is someone who's rostered in too many leagues. Harrison Barnes is another one. I don't know why we're still rostering Harrison Barnes. He's just uh, he's just not very good. He's not very good at fantasy. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't get assists. He doesn't get steals. Uh, scoring is below average, even though we, we consider him and we think of him as a good points guy. But he, he's a good free throw shooter, um, and that's oh, and even that's not that good. He's you know, I take it back. He's just not good at anything, really. He's just very, very average across the board. And again, much like a KCP, you're better off streaming the position. Um, but he is still 91% uh, rostered according to Basketball Monsters' advanced ownership numbers. So to me, that is far too high. There are a lot of better players out there that I think you can grab. I would much rather grab some of those other guys on the ads that I've got here um, than someone like uh, Harrison Barnes. Uh, Malik Beasley, I think, is another player that is, again, we talk about threes and the uh, abundance of threes on your waiver wire. That's where his value is coming from. Um, so I think that he is someone that he can have his good games. He can put up good numbers. Um, but I think it's it's... Again, I'm using the word replaceable. I think you can do better streaming that position because the consistency is not going to be there night to night. Um, yes, he had five threes in the last game, but he did it in 18 minutes. It's not sustainable, in my opinion. And again, rostered in 90% of advanced uh, on, in competitive leagues. So I think that he is someone that um, you can definitely do better. He is someone that has a good streaming week on the next week. So sure, you can maybe hold him for that. But when we're considering long-term and if there's a, a one of those must-add guys out there or if you're looking a bit more of like a rest of season ad, then I think that Malik Beasley is definitely someone that you can afford to drop. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, as it pains me to say it, as someone who's in my um, 30-team dynasty league, uh, obviously I'm not dropping him in the 30-team league, but in 12-team leagues, I think you can drop him. He seems to be suffering uh, with the result of Robert Williams coming back. Uh, Derek White is getting a lot more minutes than he is at the moment. They could switch, but he's just not good enough to sit through this. And um, So I think that he's someone that you can, again, stream his position. And just reiterating the fact that Keegan Murray is someone that you can drop. Um, I, I also... I probably won't even put him on the, on the slide here, but Jalen Smith is someone you can absolutely drop. I'm sure you would have already. But Keegan Murray is still rostered in too many leagues. 80% of competitive leagues he's still rostered in, and he's just not doing enough. Um, we, we had high hopes. Um, the, the, the translation numbers were good, but on a team like Sacramento who are trying to win right now, they're not... They can't afford to feed him touches or push him out there for big minutes, even if he's not doing well. So uh, for me, that makes him someone that I'm not willing to wait around for as opposed to someone like a Jabari Smith. When they have poor weeks or stretches, um, I'm more confident a player like that coming good because I know the opportunity will be there. For Keegan Murray, it might not. It's, it's going to dry up. And uh, he's just not been good enough to sit through this. Uh, on a per-game basis, he's outside the top 150, and it hasn't shown really any signs of improving, um, at least. For, for large chunks of the season. So I wouldn't be worried too much about someone snapping him up if I was to drop him. So 
That will do it for us today, guys. Uh, let me know in the comments down below um, what are your New Year's resolutions uh, and what you hope to happen in 2023 uh, for your fantasy teams. Uh, let me know if you are keen to check out the AFL Fantasy uh, YouTube channel. Again, I will get you guys head over to the YouTube channel. It is up and available now. You can subscribe already. Videos will be coming, and uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Laters. Laters.